0: Welcome to the Emerging Temple broadcast from November 26, 2019. I am Michael O'Bear, I will be your guide for the rest of this broadcast. At Emerging Temple, we seek to analyze current events within the context of God's plan for mankind. A plan in which he intends, at the end of time, to raise up a people who shall govern with him in a government that shall be established at the end of time. Before I go any further, I would like to encourage you once more to share our videos, to like our page, and to, if you would like, subscribe to our channel. And if there's a notification icon right there, I'd like you to go ahead and hit that bell icon so that anytime we upload new videos, you'll get an alert. All right. We um, We've continued, oh yeah, I must mention that we do have a Facebook page. It's called Emerging Temple. And if you go to Facebook and search for Emerging Temple, You'll be able to find us there and be able to find our past programs. Also, if you go to patreon.com, you go to patreon.com, look for our handle, Emerging Temple, and if you want to support our work, you'll be able to do that. You can also do that by going to our website, www.templeoftruth.us. All right. So um, we, as you know, this channel is dedicated to um analyzing current events within the context of God's plan for us. And God's plan for us is to separate for himself a group of people who he would determine to be worthy to rule with him for eternity. Now, um, this is open to all who have come to believe in God through his son, Jesus Christ. and even though we say this gospel that we bring is um, to analyze current events within the context of God's plan for us, the focus is not on current events. The focus is on God's plan for our lives. Yes, we speak within the background of what is happening today. There are events that are taking place all over the world, that have significance for what is coming, the things that God has spoken about in his word. And for that reason, we sometimes will bring those to the fore and use that as a springboard to emphasize um, the things that God has spoken to us about. But uh, make no mistake about it, the emphasis and the the, the, the permanent springboard of this message is the word of God itself. Okay? So that, you know, being taken out of the way, I want to continue today by studying the impact that the law, and when I say the law, I mean religious law, that the law has on your development and my development toward the kingdom of God. In other words, uh, what effect does the law have toward you and I, Um, evolving and developing towards being found worthy to be in that um, government that Jesus Christ himself shall establish here on earth. First of all, let's get something clear. The law didn't begin with Moses. The law, as far as we can hear God speaking, the very first time we see a law It's when God gives a law to Adam, and the law was pretty straightforward. It was, you may eat of any fruits or any trees of the garden, but of this particular tree of knowledge, you might not eat. So the question that people often have is, was there something wrong with the tree? And the answer is no. Just the fact that God said, don't do it, is sufficient for us. Whether there was something wrong with the tree or not wrong with the tree, no, the Bible says God looked at everything he had made, and behold, it was good. So it's not the tree that is supposed to be our focus. What's supposed to be our focus is what did God say? And God said, do not eat from this tree, the tree of knowledge. And once God had put a law down saying, do not do this, The consciousness and the knowledge that we ought not to do this thing became a hindrance. I am not going to be able today to quote every single scripture for the teaching I'm going to deliver today. I will, uh, what I mean by quote them is I might not be able to quote, you know, chapter and verse, but I will quote them and you can certainly do a search to confirm that the scriptures do say such things. So, Um, Paul says I believe in the book of Romans that um, before the commandment came um, he was alive and that he would never have known lust had the law not said thou shalt not covet okay so with Adam there was a law do not eat from this tree that put there in for Adam the potential of death and where the potential of death is, there is death. Now why do we, how do we differ from Adam? Simply put, we differ from Adam in this, that when Jesus raised us from the dead, he did not give us a law. We now have what the scriptures refer to as the law of the spirit of life which means a law that actually comes to make you what God wants to be. It doesn't just come and demand from you what God expects from you. So we need to understand that in the Old Testament, whether it was the law given to Adam, whether it was the law given to the children of Israel, it all led to death. It all led to separation from God without them being told don't do this don't do that don't do this don't do that they would have had a beautiful relationship with God Paul tells us that these laws came and acted as a wedge between them and God and so that the law that was beautiful and righteous became a thing of death to them you and I now have been delivered from this by the grace of Jesus Christ and through him We have received the nature of God so that we don't need a law anymore to tell us what to do and what not to do. Our new nature tells us what to do and what not to do. And we're supposed to walk in this new nature, okay, which the Bible calls walking in the spirit, walk in this new nature, and over time, those things that are of the old nature will fade away. However, if we continue to try to walk in the law, then we will perpetuate the longevity of the power of the law of death over us. And without walking by faith, it is impossible, the scriptures say, to please God. So today, I want us to take, about, take a look at some things I put together, and we're going to discuss it. Okay, we're going to definitely take a look at some scriptures. But let us begin by taking a look at, um, at an overall perspective of, you know, some of the things that God has told us, and I put together this little PowerPoint here, and I hope hopefully I can share it with your screen. You can share it with you. So here, it, it says, "Let me pull this down." Here it says, um, "The law as the power of sin." This means that. Where there is no law, there is no sin. Sin comes as a consciousness of inability or disregard or disobedience to the law of God or inability to observe and to keep the law. So where there is no law, there is no sin. This can be found in the book of Romans. So you can go search what I just said. Okay? Okay. The commandment to Adam, do not eat of this tree, was the killer in the garden. Because God said to Adam, on the day you eat of this tree, you shall surely die. Well, that commandment provoked in Adam a consciousness of death. Okay, And when you go read it, you'll be able to see That while Eve had not yet been created by God, she had no conscience of sin, even after she ate the fruit. It was only after Adam ate the fruit that both of them had their eyes open, and both of them began to suffer from death. Okay? Had she eaten it and Adam didn't eat it, nothing would have happened, because the person who received the commandment was Adam, not Eve. Okay, so my bullet point here says the commandment to Adam in Genesis 2, 16 to 17 was given to Adam's conscience, not Eve, because she had not yet been created. In Genesis chapter 3, verses 2 to 3, Eve says that God, that she's speaking to the serpent, she says to the serpent that God commanded them not to touch the tree of knowledge. Well, God never told Adam not to touch the tree. He only said, do not eat. So you can see she didn't have the right word. And if you remember, if you can go to the book of Matthew, I believe, Mark or Luke, where Satan takes Jesus to tempt him. He quotes, Satan quotes the scripture saying, jump from this mountain because the scripture say God will give his angels charge over thee, lest I dash thy foot against a stone at any time. God never said at any time. Satan just put that in there because by putting that in there, he knew it was no longer the word of God. And if Jesus had stood upon that, he would have fallen. So to accurately and soundly know the word of God is very, very important. Here you can see either Adam didn't give her the right word, Or she didn't listen very well, and so she was standing on a different word. And when she spoke a different word, the devil told the serpent told her, You will not die. Of course, she wouldn't die if she touched the tree. In that, Satan was right. She wouldn't die if she touched the tree. Ah, but God never said, Don't touch the tree. She said that God said, Don't touch the tree. You see the complication with just one law imagine when you are given like 500 laws like the show of Israel were given okay now we'll go we'll come to that okay so let's read bullet point um, two again it says in Genesis 3 2 to three Eve says that God commanded them not to touch the three of knowledge that was not the word of God the only command Adam the, the he only commanded Adam not to eat of it okay bullet point three Eve was never commanded by God not to eat from the tree If she had received any such instruction, it must have come from Adam. That is, if she had received any such instruction. She was not standing on the word of God. She was standing on her own word. We know this because she included the word touch, something God had never said. Now we come to the law of Moses. The only commandments God gave the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt was to observe the Passover, redeem the firstborn males, and observe the Sabbath. These are found in Exodus chapter 12, verse 18 to 20, Exodus chapter 13, verse one to two, Exodus 16 verse 25 to 26. I'll repeat that again. These are found in Exodus chapter 12, verse 18 to 20, Exodus chapter 13, verse one to two, Exodus 16, Verses 25 to 26. In Exodus chapter 19, verse 3 to 11, God tells Moses that the people should keep his covenant with him. Okay, now what is the covenant? The covenant is the covenant that he had with Abraham, which Isaac kept and Jacob kept and everybody had kept. Okay, now, but these people had their minds set on earning from God. All these other men we just mentioned, the scriptures teach us that they had a relationship with God based on faith in God. The children of Israel, on the other hand, wanted to earn from God, and we will see that, okay? So, um, so I'll read the second bullet point again. Uh, Exodus chapter 19, verses 3 to 11. God tells Moses that the people should keep keep his covenant Uh, keep this covenant with him. The people responded by saying, all, I want you to underline that word, all. All that God has spoken, they will do. Notice they said all that God has spoken. That means everything God had said up to that point, they will do. That's a very, very audacious promise to make. Okay? Now, the covenant was not the commandments because the commandments had not yet been given, okay? It was the covenant of faith as accepted by Abraham and all the patriarchs down to Moses at that time. However, the people had their minds on a quid pro quo with God. Therefore, he added more laws so as to make them see the impossibility of relating with him on a quid pro quo basis. Paul alludes to this in Galat- to this fact in Galatians chapter three, verse five to nineteen. Okay, now, <laughs> now, what we see here is the children of Israel. God says, "Keep the Sabbath day," and He tells them, to "Keep the Sabbath day," because. He doesn't want them to exploit each other. It's not because it takes anything from him if they work you know, seven days a week, but it was for them. Jesus said the law was made for us, not us for the law. Then he said, "Make sure you consecrate your firstborns to me, your first sons of your first your firstborns, and even the firstborn of your cattle and sheep, etc." Okay, and he says, "Keep." Told them, "Remember to keep the fast of uh, the Passover." Okay, the feast. Of unleavened bread okay those are the only three things he told them okay now rather than say Lord we will do our best they tell Moses everything God has said we will do that means you are never gonna miss one Sabbath day by Accidentally doing something like maybe your well, your, your, your gold falls into a well. It's a Sabbath day, you're not going to pull him out. They didn't know God, okay, and they were dealing with God based on a quid pro quo basis. Now, the reason we're looking at this is because I'm going somewhere with this, okay. I'm going somewhere with this that pertains to you and pertains to me. So, let's go on and finish the PowerPoint, okay. The curse of legalism. Legalism is what I term the condition that most of us who are Christians and believers today find ourselves in. Okay? It says, legalism is the religious concept of having a quid pro quo relationship with God rather than walking by faith. Several actions by the modern believer lead to serious financial and physical lack not to talk about spiritual drought in our walk in christ you can see this in the book of colossians chapter 2 verse 13 to 17. romans chapter 7 verses 1 to 13 is the most explicit explicit scripture that we can study to understand why many believers are in bondage that they are in the bondage they are in today the bondage of tithing and observance of holidays of holy days, such as Sunday or Saturday, are acts that affect the flow of relationship available to the believer in Christ. Now let me elaborate on what I just said, okay? A lot of us find ourselves going through financial difficulty, but we don't often connect this financial hardship. Not that, that the up and down financial hardship, that's, that's understandable. But when you're in a state of perpetual lack, this is spiritual. And the basis of this is not so much because you have done something wrong or you're born in a poor country or anything. The basis of this is you are relating with your God on a quid pro quo basis. In other words, you are paying tithes, giving offerings in the hope that God will see your tithes and offerings and say, oh, look how much Mike gave. Let me give him something. Rather than understand that as a child of God, you are entitled to all the wealth that God has. You are entitled to all your needs. Jesus says, as long as you have food to eat and raiment to wear, there will be content. There is nothing, he said, Paul says, whatever you have need of, when you pray, you will receive it. Jesus said that, okay? So in other words, this is a mindset. Now, the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. So God is not against you giving financial support to ministries, to church, to individuals, to believers, all unbelievers. But he wants to know that that is something that is coming from your nature, that that's the kind of person that you are. Okay? Most of us are not those kind of, are not that kind of person. We're giving because we want something in return. And when you, when you have that kind of attitude, you might be a very good person. And you might not even know that that's why you give. You're giving because you think if I do this, God will see me and I'll get something. And that's that's not the spirit by which the new nature, you know, comes to us. Now, let's move away from, you know, financial giving and other things. There's also your health, okay? Living under the law affects your health, okay? When you're constantly thinking that, something negative happened to you because you didn't do this because you didn't do that or you're under ministries that teach like that okay or certain things happen you remember there was a man who was born a cripple and jesus disciples came to him and asked him say master why is this man in this condition who sinned was it he or his parents that sinned and jesus says Neither because of his, of his sins, nor that of his spirits. But this has come so that the glory of God shall be, shall be shown through him. And Jesus said to the man, get up. And the man was healed. Now, I want you to understand that kind of mindset that Jesus had. Okay? He understood that it is you that can pull curses upon yourself by the very fact that you choose to relate with God based on what you can earn from him. Okay? Rather than walking in the spirit, which means walking in love or letting the motivation of of the nature of God come out from you. Okay? There are times God says yes. There are times God says no. So in you, if you have the nature of God, there should be times in you when you say yes, and there are times in you when you say no. But if you're going by religion, you will always say yes, even when you don't feel like saying yes because you ought not to say yes at that time, and you will find yourself begin to receive. Now, why am I touching on these things? I'm touching on these things because I'm trying to share with us practical ways to conduct ourselves, to walk in this time, so that we can enter into the kingdom. Because, listen, you remember when Jesus said he was about to leave and he got his disciples and he took a, a bowl of water and he took his towel and began to wash their feet? And Peter said, no, no, master. Oh, how? no, you can't wash my feet. Who am I for you to wash my feet? And you said, look, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part in me. And Peter said, oh, well, master, if that's the case, then wash my whole body. And Jesus said, look, look, if I wash your feet, that's enough. But what does that mean? Why, was, why did Jesus say that? Because your feet is symbolic of your walk. Your hands are symbolic of your deeds. Jesus didn't need to wash our hands. Once our walk is right, once we're walking by faith, we're all right with God. And that was what Jesus was trying to communicate. I think yesterday we talked about the mark of the beast, how people would receive the mark of the beast on their foreheads and on their hands. But prior to that, that an angel rose from the east, telling the other angels to wait until he and others had marked the people of God on their foreheads. Okay. So God is, there was, was talking about the fact that he's more concerned about the way we think than the things we do. Because if he can change the way we think, then obviously he will change the things we do. All right. Here we're looking at our walk. We're looking at Jesus washing the feet of the disciples. Okay. Because that represented their walk. The same with you and I. That's why I'm talking about this is because the law. The law is going to come and get, to, it's going to stunt your walk. It's going to affect your walk. You're not going to be able to flow because of the law. So whether you think it's tithing, whether you think it's, you know, you have to be in church on Sunday, listen, you need to be in church as often as you can, including Sunday. What I'm saying to you is when you have this mindset, oh, today's Sunday, I didn't go to church, oh, God must be angry with me, then you're not walking in the Spirit. You're not walking as a child. You're walking as a servant. Remember the prodigal son said in his father's house there were servants there. Right now, you're one of those servants. You're not even a prodigal child. You want to come out from being a servant to being a child of the living God, walking in liberty and in freedom, and ultimately in the power of the Holy Ghost. Okay? All right. So let me share some scriptures with us quickly because I don't want our time to run out. Let's take a look. Let's begin with um, the book of... Exodus. Okay. Exodus chapter 19. All right. Let's read verse to 11. Okay. So, and Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say in the house, sorry, to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel. Let's move this guy up. You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bear you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, that then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of what? Priests, and an holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Now I want you to notice something here. At this point, he's telling them all of them were going to be priests. There wasn't going to be a tribe of Levi to be priests. All of them were going to be the priests of God. Do you see that? Okay? All right. Now, this is important. Okay. Verse 7. And Moses came and called the elders of the people and laid before their faces all these words which the Lord had commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord. You see, when you read the scripture like this, if you're not imaginative, if you're not actually in there, you don't get into the word, you just read as though you're reading for your next test, you're going to miss something. Okay? Moses goes back to God. To tell the God, look at what the people said. Now you would expect, you know, God to say, "Okay, all right, jolly good." So they know to keep my Sabbath. They know to they know to um, to dedicate their firstborn to me and to observe the Passover, the fourteenth day of Abib, once a year. But God doesn't say that. Okay, look at what God says to Moses, verse ten. He says, "And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto the people." and sanctify them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes, and, he, and be ready against the third day. For the third day, the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. Look, you can go read this for yourself, okay? Because guess what happens. God comes down after the third day, and when he comes down, man, he begins to lay it for them thou shalt not do this, thou shalt not do that, thou shalt not do this, thou shalt not do that. At some point, you would think some guy would reason and say, wait, 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 how do you expect us to do all these things? And nobody did. <laughs> they all signed up for, we're going to do it. And you know what? To this day, you and I are still signing up for, we're going to do it. And you know you can't do it. You know you're a hypocrite. Okay, And let me tell you something. If there's one group of people that just don't get along with Jesus Christ, it's who? Hypocrites. Okay. What you need to do is you need to grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. You need to develop your relationship with him. And you need to walk in the liberty in which he has set you free. Because now that you have received Jesus Christ inside of you, you have received the new nature of God. Look, you don't have to train a dog on how to bark. But you know when it's a baby, when it's a puppy, it goes, weep, weep. That's barking, okay? You might not think it's barking, but God knows it's barking, okay? You might laugh at his barking today, but I promise you, you come back to that dog in two years' time and mess around, man, he'll bite off your finger. you know it's a dog, huh? You don't need to go train a cow. You know how to, I don't know what cows do. They woo, whatever they do, okay? You don't have to go to a cat okay, and teach a cat how to purr, okay? So you don't need to come to a child of God and teach a child of God how to live holy. If you've received the Holy Ghost, then walk as a child of God, and over time, you will walk in total wholeness in every aspect of your life. Don't judge yourself based on, ah, you made this mistake yesterday, you did this thing yesterday, you said that two days ago. Don't worry about that. Forgetting those things that are behind, press on towards the mark of the prize. That's why we're going through this today. Taking you back to something you should have known from when you first became a Christian. And that is that you are a child of God. You are free. Heaven is for you. If while you were yet a sinner in the world, doing all the horrible things, God loved you enough to send Jesus to die for you and the Holy Ghost to save you. Is it now that you're trying to be right with God? That God is going to throw you into hell because you made a mistake? Don't look back at the mistakes. Keep your eyes on what matters and what is it that matters. Being prepared to be found worthy to be in the kingdom as a ruler with Jesus Christ. How? By listening to these messages, by sharing them with people, and most importantly, by observing what the Holy Ghost is sharing with you through these messages okay that's the most important thing okay participate when the disciples were going with Jesus and Jesus was take, going around preaching were the disciples good guys do you, do you, can you imagine a guy like Judas moving around with Jesus wouldn't you and I have excommunicated him he excommunicated himself by his own silly decisions okay but those who want to stay with Jesus, Jesus said, none who come to me shall I in any wise cast away. Think about that. Jesus said, none who come to him shall he in any wise cast away. Only you can cast yourself away by trying to live according to the law that even God himself has not given you. The only thing God asked you to do is, Jesus asked you to do was what? Love your brother. Is there something in you that doesn't want to love your brother? You do want to love your brother. You do want to love your sister. Look, regardless, you do want to. Okay, I'm not saying they're lovable all the time. I'm not saying we're lovable all the time. I'm saying, but something inside of you wants to love your brother, wants to love your sister. That means the nature of God is in you. Okay, all right, real quick, let's look at another scripture real quick. Let's look at, um, let's look at the book of Galatians, okay? Galatians chapter 3, we take from verse 5, okay? So Paul is writing to Galatians here, he's upset with them because they want to start living by the law, and Paul says, he therefore that ministereth to you the spirit and worketh miracles among you that's the Holy Ghost does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith does Holy Ghost do things for you based on your observance of the law or does he do it because of your faith verse 6 it says even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness know ye therefore that they which are of faith the same are the children of Abraham and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before The gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident, for the just shall live by faith. So Paul is saying here, look, nobody will ever be justified in front of God because you kept the law. That Abraham was chosen as God's friend because he believed God and God granted him righteousness, which means right standing with God based on the fact that he believed God. Now Abraham did a lot of silly things. He pretended that Sarah was not his wife, he claimed it was his sister. Right? So many things that Abraham did. All right? He tried to help God by having a baby through his made, his wife's maiden uh, because his wife told him to because his wife doubted that God could do it. Okay? So he wasn't perfect, but he believed God. Jesus says he's coming again to establish a kingdom. And you should be prepared and make yourself ready before he comes. Do you believe that? Or do you just believe if you die, when you die, you go to heaven? You have a big mansion, you drive a limousine. Does that make sense to you? Doesn't that sound ridiculous? Doesn't that sound childish? (laughs) Wouldn't you rather have your nice limousine here? Okay, (laughs) what good is it for you having a big mansion in heaven? Jesus is speaking symbolically, but I don't want to be digressed too much, okay? So, because of time, um, I'm going to skip the rest of what I wanted to share in, in Galatians 3. And I want us to quickly look at Romans, okay, Romans 7, okay? Romans 7, verse 1 to 13, and then we'll stop there, okay? I, I want you to get chapter 3 by yourself. Okay, Romans chapter 7 from verse 1, it says, Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law. How that the law have dominion over a man as long as he is alive? For the woman that has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he is alive. But if the husband be dead, she is loose from the law to her husband. So Paul is saying, as long as the law exists in your life, you are bound by the law. You are limited by the law. But when the law dies in your life, you are free from the law. Verse 3. So then, if while her husband lives, she be married to another. So if the law is still alive in your life, and you go married to Christ, you shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband is dead, if the law is dead, then she is free from the law so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man who is Christ. Okay? So, I need you to follow with me here. Okay? Verse 4. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law, your former husband, by the body of Christ, by death Christ died on the cross, that you should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Fruit means a, a kind of lifestyle, okay? For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sins, which were by the law. Notice, it said when we were not in the spirit, we were trying to do things by the law. That's what it means in the flesh there. It's not talking about when you used to go to parties and dance. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about when you try to live by the law. It says the, the motions of sins, which were by the law. In other words, the law provokes you to be sinful. We saw this earlier. We've seen it again. We did work in our members to bring forth, to bring fruit unto death. Verse 6. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the law, the letter. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. No. I would not have known sin except the law had said, thou shalt not covet. Okay? Verse 8. But sin, taking advantage of the law, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence, which all manner of iniquity. For without the law, sin was dead. Let me say that again. For without the law, sin was dead. For without the law, sin was dead. For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. And the commandment, which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death. For sin, taking occasion or opportunity by the commandment, deceived me, and it slew me. Okay? This is the word of God. This is God himself telling you that the law, trying to live by the law, trying to pay tight oh Saturday is the Sabbath day oh oh, Sunday we must go to church when you live like that your spiritual life is going to shrivel okay and so many other things I could mention okay what am I saying I'm saying you are free Jesus said whoever the Son of man sets free is free indeed but he went on to say you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free What you have learned today is the truth. You have come to know the truth today, and it is making you free. Don't go back to that beggarly element anymore, all right, of trying to win love from God by the things you do. Just flow with God, okay? Most importantly, be kind and loving to every person. Do not respond to them the way they they act towards you. That's all Jesus is asking of you. And if you can maintain that, all those other things will come in their time, all right? You will stop barking like a puppy. You will start barking like a big dog, all right? God bless you. Thank you for your time. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel. Don't forget to hit the notification icon and to share these videos with your family and friends, okay? Share these videos. Remember, you can chat with us. You can communicate with us. You can send us messages through our handle at Facebook, Emerging Temple at Facebook. We're gonna be putting up um, audio podcasts very soon for those of you who are unable to watch the videos starting from next week, you're gonna begin. We're gonna give you more details, probably by the end of this week, we'll give you more details on where you can get us on audio so you don't have to be using up your data, trying to download videos, etc. okay? So please support us, go to patreon.com, look for our handle, Emerging Temple, we can do with your support, or visit our website, www.templeoftruth.us, where you can support us by donating however you feel. Okay, once more, this is Michael O'Bear. Thank you for your time. I look forward to speaking with you tomorrow. God bless you. Over and out.